Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape. Then where the pod? Get the Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and we got Diego back in the Escape Pod with us today, chatting all about some Clone Wars. Clone Wars Talk Part 7. We're going to be going through a few episodes, uh, starting with, I believe it was Bounty Hunters, then going through the Zillow Beast and Zillow Beast Strikes Back, and ending off with uh, Senate Spy. So we're uh, working our way into the Season 2 chain at this point. And if you have not joined us before for the Clone Wars Stock episodes, uh, please just go back and uh, uh, catch up on that. And if you have not heard about this Project Luminous, we're going to be bringing that up too. landing all right welcome back Diego it's been a while yeah I know thanks for having me it's yeah. been too long yeah yeah I know and there's so much to catch up on because mm-hmm. uh, uh, you're unaware of this whole high Republic uh, situation stuff that's been going on yeah. uh, you've also uh, we've, we take a, took a bit of a break from Clone Wars uh, for a little bit it's been a while yeah a month and a half or so yeah um, but uh, I don't know what, what do you want to start with I think we should probably, um, should we just, know. should we just talk about, um, Clone Wars first and then get into all the other stuff after? Yeah. Or? Yeah. I think so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Twenty-eight on the list, uh, episode two seventeen. Uh, so that was uh, the first one that we kind of like got through. We did four episodes today, and uh, that's the first one. So it's basically like a sem- seven samurai kind of like packed into twenty-two minutes. If you've ever seen the movie Seven uh, Seven Samurai, um, that's kind of uh, the the style that they went with. Uh, we meet characters like Embo. And uh, I forget her name, uh, the the one with the horns, the chick. Um, we also see Hondo again. Um, and, you know, the Jedi made some bounty hunter friends, which is kind of cool. Uh, we had Ahsoka, Anakin, and Obi-Wan basically training a group of farmers to defend their crops against uh, the pirates, which is Hondo's crew, that had come uh, to take all the psyllum, which is uh, what they're farming. Psyllum is very valuable. Um, and, uh, you know, they, uh, uh, they were basically like, you know, pillaging, pillaging this village of, of people. And, and there was a complete accident that they came across this farm because you remember their, their ship was under attack and then they crash landed and went to the farm to get help. Um, and then they came across these bounty hunters who were protecting these people, uh, which the people had hired these, these farmers had hired these bounty hunters to, to basically defend them from the, the pirates. And then the Jedi end up helping uh, the bounty hunters defend them from Hondo and his crew. Um, 
things are kind of left pe- uh, not peacefully, but like by the end of the episode, remember, like Hondo has that little line. He's like, uh, this effort is no longer profitable. And, and then he gives up, right? He just kind of ditches and, and leaves. But It kind of leaves everything a little more uh, neutral. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, because yeah. like the last time we saw Hondo, um, Obi-Wan and Anakin had escaped uh, with Dooku uh, as prisoner. Or sorry, no, Dooku escapes. But it was in that Dooku captured episode where where Hondo's holding all three of them, and he's it was the Jar Jar episode where he has to deliver the spice. Yeah, yeah. So so you know, and then he Hondo has that line of like between him and Kenobi, and he's like, "You're you're just going to walk away, like you know." And then you know, Obi Wan's just like, "Well, you know, like you got nothing we want, and uh, and you know, we have nothing against you, like." we're just gonna leave right and then he's like but uh dooku knows where you live and he is not so forgiving <laughs> you know and so he kind of leaves him with that uh and then now we see him he's just doing his thing uh, hondo doing his pirate business um but anyway what kind of notes did you write down in there uh, i think i got for that one like uh, a couple little notes that i noticed um not a whole lot for this one but i did um this one is m- not so much like too this well i guess a little bit is kind of i started noticing it a little more in this uh episode but you kind of start to see it like more and more throughout the show um i'm starting to notice that ahsoka kind of notices the relationship between anakin and obi-wan as kind of like how you know it's master apprentice how they they're very good friends and like but they they when they butt heads like they really like they get into it they when they disagree they really do not uh um, agree on a whole lot of things. And yeah, I think that's very similar with uh, Ahsoka's oh, yeah. relationship with her and Anakin. Yeah, it's like it's the same thing, but it's almost like you see the same kind of you know butt heads kind of thing that Anakin and Obi Wan go through. So yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. That, that you're talking about like the beginning of the episode when they when they first crash and they're deciding on which way to go, right? Uh, yeah, they're they're, yeah. Like, they're like bickering about you know Anakin's like. I think we should go this way. Like, you know, this way is the best way. And then Obi-Wan's like, no, like that way is the best way, you know? Yeah. And then, and then Ahsoka's like the voice of reason. She's like, uh, if you guys are like, stop, you know, arguing, uh, you'll notice that there's a steam stack over there. You know, we should check it out. And then yeah. she just kind of starts walking and then they're like, they kind of shrug, but like, huh, she's kind of right. And then they just kind of, you know, shut up and agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see what else do I have there? Um, Oh yeah, again, another one of those points where it's like, um, uh, it's not directly related to this specific episode, but you kind of see it develop more and more throughout the show, where it's kind of like, you can see like Anakin does want to do good. You can see he still has good in him clearly and he wants to be, you know, a good Jedi and whatnot. But you do start to see more of his dark side come through. It's not as uh evident as in episode three like when order 66 starts and he and you know mace windu dies and then we see him fully turn over but you start to see it more and more it's not it's nothing major so far but it's like you do see like little snip little moments of anger that come out and like just little split decisions that he makes and it's like okay yeah things that aren't the jedi way yeah you can see he's starting to think like oh but what if we do it this way? And he starts to think more, less, he, he sticks less to the regimen of like, you know, doing good all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, all right, that's that's bounty hunters then. Yeah, that's that's, that's all I pretty much all you got for that one. That's I think. all I got for that one. And then I had uh, can't remember what I it's, I put down mentioned Cliff. Oh uh, yeah, so at, like at the very end when um, when uh, Hondo uh, it, it, Anakin kind of bests Hondo and he's hanging off the edge of that cliff, and instead of killing him, he helps him off you know come back off the cliff right so he saves his life but then hondo sees a moment of opportunity shoves him back and then the the like i think it was like the tank or something that that's like almost blows him up and then anakin jumps off does a backflip and like lands on the ground kind of thing and then hondo basically gets away mm-hmm. or whatever so like there's a moment where anakin could have killed him and he chose not to but uh but tries to help him instead and then you know he, he kind of kind of like discards that help by almost trying to kill him again and uh, and yeah so i think if anakin had the moment if i had an opportunity to kill him like he probably would have but you know probably. everyone's watching at that point and uh yeah i don't know it, it's just like a it is it is cool to see like the progression though like what you're saying like with anakin slowly like you see like his darker moments and it's like you do have that moment of like Hey, what's he gonna do? Because like when when Hondo's hanging off that cliff and Anakin's walking towards him with the lightsaber, you, like you really like it. Kind of you have to take a step back and go, Hey, I was just thinking, what is this character gonna do? This character's a Jedi. If Obi Wan were in in Anakin's place on that cliff, like I know what he's gonna do. You know, I know he's gonna like try and help him back up again, right? He, in fact, he probably would have disarmed his lightsaber and you know tried to help him help him back right yeah. away but anakin kind of slowly walks towards the cliff with his lightsaber still out and it's like you don't even really think about it that you're thinking about it but like after the fact i kind of thought to myself hey i'm doubting whether or not he's actually going to keep hondo alive mm-hmm. like at this early on in the show it's kind of crazy that that's actually like going through my mind right now because the progression has been has been so transitional that I'm not even like noticing when Anakin is actually not being more Jedi like, and like it's moments like that that kind of like it's like whoa hey hold on a second it sticks out it's yeah now yeah. it's starting to stand out a little bit yeah, more it's yeah. like I'm starting to doubt he, that he's going to make the right choice yeah and uh, the right choice being like the Jedi way right yes uh, so yeah you're starting to see that and it will eventually lead up to that final kind of um, step where he you know, executes Dooku in Revenge of the Sith and doesn't make the Jedi choice. And then he kind of starts to doubt himself at that point. Yeah, because that's kind of like the turning point, I think. Yeah, it's when he starts to doubt himself. That's that's when when the turning point is because it's when he starts to doubt himself that he starts to lose control over over his uh, mentality of what to do about the whole Padme thing, right? So he's starting to doubt himself and, and doubt his ability to control... Uh, the people in his life and wants to keep them all alive and you know the people that he's close to right yeah because his fear and his anger start to yeah, consume him from within yeah, exactly exactly yeah. and and um you know because he doubts himself that's almost what leads to his downfall because he doesn't trust himself yeah like he doesn't trust that the force will you know guide him to the 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 place that he's supposed to be right um he he tries to take matters into his own hands he tries to do what he can to save his wife he's because it's a possessive form of love that he has for padme and um and in the end he actually causes exactly what he tried to prevent Mm -hmm. Uh, and is exactly what luke does with ben solo when he 
has a vision and has nightmares. He gets PTSD about the whole Vader situation. <laughs> and and yeah. uh, and he's like, hey, I got to kill my own nephew. Like, yeah. And he just has that moment of weakness where he where he almost kills him. Right. And then and then that's when, unfortunately, he wakes up and the influence of Snoke that Snoke has had as a character in Ben Solo's life up until this point kind of like hits that turning point where Ben's like, hey, this guy Snoke, he's right about my Uncle Luke. My Uncle Luke's a twisted guy. He almost tried to kill me. Boom. I'm just going to like betray my, you know, betray him, turn my back on on my master Luke and, you know, ditch. Right. Um, yeah. So that's it's yeah, it's always the people that don't like trust in the force. It's it's or or like, you know, the, the fact that things are just going to work out, uh, even if like there's all this temptation to to, not, you know, go out of your own way go on your own path, make your own decisions to like prevent things from happening. So, um, yeah, anyway, sorry, that was a big of a little long no, spiel, no. but, um, so, uh, we also have, um, the next, uh, so the next episode is, uh, oh, the Zillow beast. All right. Zillow beast is kind of like, uh, would you say it's like, a Godzilla kind of like, creature i guess that that uh um you know gets unleashed i guess into <laughs> into the galaxy i think it's uh, very very godzilla godzilla like kind of you, you, you also you love jurassic the jurassic park movies so yes, like I, I think you really enjoy these episodes yeah i i like them like they were very it's the creature itself is like very very dragon yeah it's got three arms got yeah. a tail with spikes on the ends yeah. um the, the the shingles that he's got are impenetrable by lightsabers and blaster fire yeah his skin is is pretty cool um like he's he looks he kind of gives like a godzilla vibe but there's some jurassic park moments yeah. in these episodes where they capture it off its home planet and then they bring it <clears throat> they bring it back into captivity and when it's in captivity, it just it just reminds me of like some scenes in uh, some of the Jurassic Park yeah, for sure. movies. Um, you, it it the appearance of this creature looks like it would breathe fire, but it, it surprisingly doesn't. Uh, and I was kind of expecting because I don't know, it just had a yeah breathe fire looking face. Uh, to yeah, so it got a very myth- mythological look yes. to it. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, going to the beginning though of this of this episode, um, you really liked the uh, the bomb that they dropped. Mm-hmm. The the proton bomb thing, which yeah. was basically like a Star Wars nuke. Yeah, that was. Sweet. Yeah, when it blows up and then it all of a sudden like the explosion like shrinks and then starts to become like a plasma bubble that like disables all the droids. You're like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, it was. It's like yeah. a giant like this bomb gets dropped off in the middle of this field with, I'm talking like thousands of droids. Like there's like at least ten rows of like just artilleries and like teams and sections, right? Yeah. But every single one is like at least a thousand plus droids and ships, right? But this yeah. nuke goes off and it's just an EMP and just every droid is just wiped Leveled. out. Yeah. Like just nuked. I like how Anakin's yeah. arm was freaking out too. Yeah, like, because that yeah. was a nice touch. Yeah. That was a really nice touch. Mm-hmm. Like um that you know it, it disables all the comms, the vehicles, everything. Yeah. All the clones' helmets kind of go static. Yeah. They lose the connection to Palpatine's hologram. Yeah. Um and then Anakin's robotic arm is, you know, like, you know, crackling and kind Some of static like static coming off. Yeah, it yeah. like temporarily stops, like seizes up kind yeah. of thing, right? Yeah. Um so that was that was a really nice touch. I liked how they add that in. Um yeah. And um, then the you know we get the big sinkhole and they find the Zillow Beast down there. Um, 
what else uh what the else came up oh uh, um the, the the planet that this is on is uh malastare now we, we've heard of malastare before qui-gon has a, a little line that he throws out when they're talking about pod racing in the phantom menace and he goes um oh they, they do pod racing on malastare very fast very dangerous you know um uh, malastare has like been around in the canon for a while um we finally got to see it and the Dugs, like the Dug race, you mentioned that uh, Sebalbo is like part of this race, right? Yeah, same same species that we see in episode one in the race. Yeah, one of the one of the racers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what else is there? Uh, this one? This one? This one was pretty much like a. Do you write anything? Oh, there's nothing on here. No, no, no. Um, yeah. Like, a, you mentioned that. Um, uh, wait, no, that was the next one. Yeah, you know, this one was, it was just like introducing the beast, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess like the important thing is like by the end of it, they disable the creature and, um, you know, bring it, bring it to, the chancellor orders it to be brought to Coruscant to be studied. But yeah. um, I, th- I think like if we think about like the characters for a second, um, there was a close call for Rex. He almost fell down a hole. Uh, Windu, uh, we get to see a little bit more of his impatient side. Uh, you know, dealing with the dugs, like who kind of, uh, you know, go like they're going to go out of their way to kill the beast. Right. And like there's this whole like moral thing about this episode as well. of Like, do the Jedi give up their want and need to use Malastare as a fueling planet uh, for the war effort? Or do they go out of their way to save like potentially the last creature of its kind? Right. So and lose the the, the dugs, you know, in in the war effort. Yeah. Um, and then did you see the moment where he, like, he whips out his lightsaber and he's just like, stop killing the bees. Like, you know, <laughs> like they're like drowning it in gas. Mm-hmm. And like, he's like, no, like I, you got, you guys got to stop. And yeah. he like, he, he almost pulls an Anakin. It's surprisingly enough, Anakin doesn't do that. But normally it would have been Anakin who's like impatient, whips out his lightsaber. We've seen him do that. Um, on the, uh, it was on Naboo when he threatens that doctor who's making the blue shadow virus. Yeah. And he's like, where's the antidote? You know, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so we've seen him do that multiple times, but um, I think- Not so expected by a guy like Mace Windu. Yeah, sure. no, like definitely not expected. Um, yeah. The only time we kind of see that kind of side of him so far is like in Revenge of the Sith when he's like, much, you yeah. know, it's like, it get basically like, you know, got Sidious on the ground. He's like, He's too dangerous to be left alive, and yeah. then he's a, yeah. and he's about to kill him, kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, and then we got uh, Zillaby strikes back. Yeah. Uh, basically, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. It's in captivity. At yeah, this it's in point. captivity, and it escapes. Yeah. Uh, what do you notice about the Chancellor and his relationship with this like monster that comes after him, kind of so thing? So I notice there's a couple scenes where the Chancellor is speaking with. Uh, with Anakin, he's speaking with Padme's, uh, or no, 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 he's speaking with. What's the name of that? Who's that character that was tasked to, uh, kill it, come up with a oh, way to just kill like the beast. the doctor or whatever. Yeah, the yeah. doctor. So like you notice, um, there's a scene in there where, um, Palpatine is like, uh, uh, find a way to kill it, and then, the doctor is like, oh, but that's that's unjust. That's not morally right, and then. And Palpatine has a funny uh, line in there where he's like, oh, um, uh, what does he say? He's like, um, I can't remember what he says now. What, what would he help oh, me out? What does he say? Uh, yeah, like, it's I'm morally, un, or like finding, 
finding morale or something is is so rare today but it's oh, i can't remember what he says now yeah like, <laughs> oh, it's such a good that? line it's so ironic that he says that like you have you oh, know the dark lord of the sith and he says like the most like ironic thing when he just yeah. said kill this beast he basically like, you know what he tries to do he's using the war efforts because his excuse is hey let's kill the beast so we can study it more thoroughly and then reinforce our troopers, right? Yes. Like making new clone armor or whatever that's impenetrable. Yeah. And like the doctor is like, like, do we really want to do this? Like, like this is a, it could be a, a, a intelligent life form, you know, and we're, we're about to kill the last of its kind. Like, like, are you sure you want to go through with this? And then he's like, well, like, every, like every day, uh, you know, in the, like uh, the people who I lead in the Republic, you know, the citizens of the Republic are dying. Uh, you know, as this war goes on, we need to we need to buck up and like reinforce the, the Republic's armies kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he always turns the attention back to the war. Like the focus is always like back on the war efforts. Right. Um, and like we, we do actually will see more of this going forward um, in the show uh, when, uh, you know, certain characters like return and, and it's like, you know, anything that basically tries to pull the Jedi's attention away from the war effort or, or anything like that, um, you know, he's always trying to get back on track and he was like, no, 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 focus on the Clone War, focus on, focus on the, like the, you know, the, the, the fight that we got going on with those guys over there, right? Like, because uh, he wants to do his thing, you know, work behind the scenes. Like, you know, he's still a Sith Lord, you know, that wants to do his Sith Lord stuff, right? Uh-huh. Uh, in this case, it would be killing a monster to try and come up with some sort of like impenetrable armored ship, right? Um, possibly, he's probably thinking like, oh yeah, my own personal like space yacht, you know, impenetrable, the blaster fire, you know, how cool would that be, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, or at this point, we don't know. He might be thinking of the Death Star. Like he could be thinking of like, hey, if this beast's like scales are like replicatable uh, artificially, maybe we can make like a heavily armored, the, the, the heavily armored space station out of this material, right? Um, so I think he's not even, he doesn't care about the clones. Like he's no. not, he's not thinking, hey, let's preserve the life and more, the life and more clones, right? He's not thinking that. He's thinking what can I do to improve the future of my empire? Like what, what, what does this beast contribute to uh, like my future ruling over this galaxy? Right. Um, And, but again, like he's, he's kind of uses the war as an excuse and kind of goes, no, we got to reinforce our troops. Uh, We got to, you know, focus on the war kind of thing. Like not this, uh, this creature who like doesn't matter at all. Like the, what matters is the billions of lives that we lose every day. So, um, yeah, right. Like, like there's this whole kind of like moral thing that he brings into it, uh, on, from a different perspective. And, uh, it's kind of like debatable because it's like, okay, yeah, he's got a point, but at the same time, we know that that's not the real point that he's getting at because he doesn't care about these people. Like he just wants, uh, what he wants, right? Like the Sith are all about the greed, right? But I always find it so interesting how he always makes it seem like he always has a good cover up. Yeah. Like, you know, very well like when he's saying what he's saying and like uh like that line that he says that's basically saying oh but it's just a beast isn't it isn't it better to focus on the war and blah 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 but you always notice when he says stuff like that he'll say it but as soon as he's done saying that 
he always seems to turn it around on the other character who's listening to it and makes it seem like, oh yeah, I guess I guess it makes sense. Like yeah, yeah, he yeah, always yeah. he has that ability of him. Now whether he's using the force for this, I don't yeah, think so. I, maybe it's just a way of schemer. with his schemer. Yeah, exactly. Like I think <laughs> yeah. I think it's just his way with words. Like he's just so good at twisting them and like yeah. he'll say some evil thing and you realize it's evil, but he has just such a way to turn it around and like convince you that's like oh yeah i guess like yeah yeah exactly yeah. um yeah so uh in the end i guess you know they, they end up killing the beast because they have to and yeah. and i think because this is escapes. exactly yeah and yeah. to get back to palpatine like this is exactly what he wants he wants the beast dead yeah. right so i think he kind of like i think he he knows he's not stupid like like he no. knows that the beast is intelligent right oh, yeah. he's he's not playing the old uh, the old man senator guy who's like unaware of the, this beast's intelligence, right? Like, like the guy knows that this beast is intelligent. Um, like, what he's trying to do is provoke it so that it it can escape, so that the republic is forced to kill it, um, despite you know whether or not he wants it or not. Like, you know, he knows that the Jedi don't want that. He knows that the doctor he's gonna have to blackmail the doctor into into killing it if if they go through with it so i think his like contingency plan there is to also just like say like hey if i take this creature off like it's gonna break out of here like i know i know like he can i think as a sith lord he can probably feel the power of this beast right um that's actually a gift that um so it was like it has like relational gift uh with uh uh with dooku uh, the reason why Count Dooku's name is Darth Tyrannus is because he's actually named after a beast uh, by the name of uh, uh, Tyrannos, uh, Tyran- Tyrannosaurus, or there, uh, there was some sort of big kind of monster on uh, his homeworld or something of Sereno, which is like a mythological creature. Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like some, uh, Tyrantaurus or something. I don't know. It, it, basically, he's like, his name is like kind of a, a callback to that creature. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually like wakes it up through the force. Uh, and he's got this like calling to the dark side, basically. Um, and, you know, it's possible that like we've seen like force gifts like, you know, before where they've kind of been weird and, um, and like out there, but like it's possible that like it's very possible he could feel the power of this creature and knows that like if this creature is angry enough, he's gonna break out of here, and and so he's probably thinking like, hey, if I could provoke it, it can break out of here, and then we can like we're, we're gonna have to be forced to to kill it, right? Which is exactly what he wants. And so by the end of the episode, he gives the doctors new orders to clone this monster um, to uh, do whatever, right? But. Um, yeah, that never comes to fruit. They never end up cloning it, as far as I know. Anyways, they they might build on it in a, a new show or something. I have no idea. But uh, nowhere in the remaining Clone Wars series do we get a follow up to this story. So, um, but you know, it was just a cool touch. You know, just showing like, hey, CDS just gets what he wants. You know, this is a guy that's got control of both sides of the war. You know, and and. Uh, he's the one on top he's the one pulling all the strings like this guy just gets what he wants yeah he's a genius like yeah. like his way with words like his 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 ability to use the force in such a powerful way when he decides to use it but his his just his ability to not have to use it yeah it's just like he's he's on a whole nother level oh yeah yeah for sure and like just if you think about it like he's so good at what he does that he, he, we see all these movies go by and 
he doesn't show his true colors until episode three, of course. But uh, it's like, how many years was he chancellor and doing this? And like, it, he was just doing this under everyone's noses and he no one had any clue. No. Like, yeah. he's just, he's crazy. Yeah, exactly. And fast forward to the end of the episode, like the, the beast dies because they have to kill it because it escaped. It's in the city and like it, you know, stepping on people and killing people and all that stuff. But um it's funny, we notice Palpatine see this dead beast, not even care about that it's dead or whatever, turns to the doctor and says, Find a way to clone it. Yeah. And then the the show pretty much yeah. ends. And yeah, it's exactly. Just like, Whoa. Yeah. Like um and then we get into the next one so this is the first kind of prelude episode to the next arc that we'll probably talk about in the future but um this episode was called senate spy and i actually really enjoy this one because uh, it kind of uh it gives you a little kind of window into anakin and padme's relationship uh through the war as husband and wife right like he's always off on war she's always doing her senatorial stuff very stressful and uh yeah very stressful stuff so like the episode opens up with him coming back home Mm -hmm. and bringing home dinner to like you know padme's suite kind of thing in her city apartment place and uh you know and there's just some really genuine kind of relationship stuff there uh that is nice to see because you know like when we see them get married on Naboo and stuff, like through the Clone Wars show, like you don't really see too much follow up with like their relationship as like husband and wife, which is a very important thing in Star Wars because, uh, you know, this is the whole reason or part of the most of the reason why Anakin turns to the dark side is to save his wife. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, you get to see them as a thing. But then uh, the majority of the episode is like the Jedi Council wants Anakin to convince Padme to take a job to spy on a colleague senator who's actually like you know turning his back on the republic and conspiracizing with the the separatists for uh plans for a new droid army uh, a factory thing and uh she kind of with a a pretty innocent like pre-existing relationship with clovis uh decides against anakin's wishes to take the job and uh they end up going to cato nemoidia where we um, where we see kind of her rundown of coming across this hologram of this new droid uh, factory on Geonosis that Poggle the Lesser has big plans for. And uh, we get to see a lot of funny moments of like Anakin kind of being all jealous and, you know, preventing, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, what, what's his name again? Who? Uh the oh uh, rush clovis mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah uh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. um so we see a, a lot of anakin kind of like preventing rush clovis from you know making out with his own wife and and everything like that so it, it, it's kind of funny it's kind of funny there's um i like when he breaks his seat <laughs> yeah you definitely see like anakin he's like he's a he's very protective over yeah, his, oh uh, yeah yeah super like uh he's jealousy and like you can see those classic traits that super possessive yeah super possessive very yeah. very territorial and like yeah very like, very like high school boyfriend kind of like yeah pretty like much. style yeah jealousy yeah. and you see a lot of the those yeah. same emotions that really are huge he definitely has trust issues like oh, yeah. he, he's got major major yeah. trust issues and and uh very like insecure about yeah. about yes. this kind of stuff oh yeah, yeah definitely you definitely see those emotions that really turn him to the dark side eventually yeah. Um, 
Yeah, on that one, uh, not a whole lot more to add than so I can remember. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, it's it's kind of yeah. a, it's kind of a prelude up to kind of the next arc, but yeah, uh, but yeah. I mean, I, I what I found interesting is that even though Rush Clovis is kind of a traitor and everything, like he does have genuine feelings for Padme because when she's poisoned, uh, like he does kind of give up his uh, his stature with his co partner in this kind of droid foundry thing and uh basically threatens him for the antidote because he really does care about padme and he's like you know what i don't care about like what they're going to do to me as long as she is okay right um and you know that i have respect for i was like hey this guy is not a bad guy like he's actually he's actually i think beneath the surface like he's like he's making some stupid choices with the other faction in this war but like if you really think about it like the factions are blending together because they're being led by the same guy and and it's like this guy you know even though he's kind of a scummy traitor guy like he it doesn't mean he's a a bad dude like he he's like he does have a heart and he's got genuine feelings for this person uh and uh he's okay with you know putting himself at risk for uh her well-being right uh, and I think Anakin does appreciate it. Like when he gets the the antidote, like you can see him kind of like kind of give the, give him this look before he takes her to the ship. But he does have some pleasure in leaving him behind. And he's like, all right, you know, I have a lot of faith in your survival skills. See you, buddy. You know? yeah. <laughs> and and like, he just they just. Yeah. yeah. Leaves him with the firing squad. And yeah. You never see what happens to him. But, uh, but I bet it was death by firing squad. World War Two style. We'll, we'll we'll find out later on actually oh, we'll yeah, find out yeah. we'll find out later on okay. what happens to Clovis okay uh you might have to wait a while though yeah okay but uh yeah th- that that doesn't go unresolved um but yeah I like I like that episode it, it's kind of like one of those less kitty episodes yeah like not not as campy as like some of the season one episodes that we've seen yeah and uh we're starting to get a little more kind of like serious with like stuff in the po- political world of Star Wars and like stuff in the the relationship side of Anakin and uh, just a lot more character stuff, which is really good because it provides a lot more to talk about. The animation starts to get better. I don't think it's, it's definitely nowhere near its best in the show, of course, but no, like it'll get better than even what we see yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, but like there are certain episodes uh, even in season two where it's like the characters, they're like the animation is pretty good, but like I can really only compare it to like a PS2 mm. video game back in the day. Like just something very, like you can tell what's going on. Like the graphics are good enough to know what's going on, but they're not like crisp, like you know, detailed, like super, you know, intricate. They're not. They're not there yet. Yeah, it's it's still it's looking pretty good though for like a for like a weekly cartoon. Like, yeah, it's like the best of its kind. You yeah. know what I mean? Like super high budget. Like for there sure. is literally no other animated show that I think has the the level of quality that even this one does in its first season. Yeah. Like most other shows are really cartoony like yeah. it's like you're watching a cartoon you're watching a cartoon you yeah, know like definitely. there's moments where i'm watching clone wars where it's like if you paused it especially in some of the the pullout shots of like the city on coruscant and stuff like that it would take a, like a few seconds for someone to not know that you're watching a cartoon they might actually think you're watching a movie because some of the environments are like you know really well detailed and super cool um especially some of the shots of like you know, like when those ships were kind of like all those battle droids on Malastare kind of thing, like when they launched the bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like like some of those shots are just like wow like this, this is a cartoon like, i can't yeah. believe i'm watching a cart animated show right now like it's, it's so i think that's where the separation is between like a cartoon and like an animated show you know what i mean like yeah. this is like true like cg animated like quality quality television um Oh, and I did mention the restaurant. This is the first time, I think, in Star Wars that we've seen, like, a restaurant. Yeah, because we're used to seeing a lot of bars, a lot of cantinas. Diners. Yeah. Dex's Diner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But never, like, a real restaurant. Like, there's a scene where um, Padme and uh, this guy, they're having dinner. Yeah, Rush Clovis. Yeah, yeah. Rush Clovis. They're having dinner. And it's like a skyscraper, like, Space Needle skyscraper kind of thing. You know, they're high up in, in the... Yeah, upper level Coruscant, oh, yeah, like, like high class restaurant. Yeah, very posh, you know, like, you know, $100 for like a piece of salmon that's like that big. But like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like just little little things like that, like very posh. We we, we don't really see that. Yeah. So it, it was a nice little touch. So yeah, yeah, for see. sure. I like yeah. that a lot. Uh, cool. Well, that, that basically summarizes our Clone Wars stuff. Yeah. Um, so now, I just showed you a trailer for The High Republic. Yes. What yeah. do you think of that? So uh, like... I initially thought they were going to be like movies, but it's like concept art that's turning into comics and like books, which is kind of cool. But the whole vibe that I got from it was it gives the it it makes it pretty clear that this is like going to be pre Phantom Menace, pre episode one, like, you know, Knights of the Old Republic, you know, like we've got we've got guys with, you know, like ancient times like we're talking <clears throat> way before yoda or like may, it might be like well, hey, it's 200 years before the phantom menace oh yeah there you go so yeah. it's like super 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 like old yeah this is before qui-gon's born before yeah. before dooku yeah um but anakin obi-wan all before yeah. the star wars that we know and love today yeah um it is kind of like it's it's not like super super far in, in the past i was actually surprised that they picked the 200 years before i thought it might have been more like 500 years before yeah or something but like 200 years before is still like the only character that we would know 200 years before is yoda like that's yoda and maybe yeah. and maybe yaddle you know the two yeah. the two like dwarf creatures because they're 900 years old by the time of luke skywalker right so yeah so like that's only that so they must be about 700 right now <laughs> only 700 but, yeah they're like you know they're 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 you know they're, they're still young they're, still, they're what we would yeah. call the, like the the 60s i guess yeah, you yeah. know like a yeah. 68 60 year olds yeah uh retiring age for sure yeah yeah definitely uh, and they're kind of like just reaching like prime <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah it's it's like a it's an interesting era because uh even outside of I was mentioning to you, like, the, the expanded universe, like, we've got stories from the Knights of the Old Republic, mm-hmm. which is, like, over a thousand years before the Phantom Menace, which is super, super old. Yeah. Um, this is a time where the Sith are extinct. We got that line in the Phantom Menace from Mace Windu that says, you know, the Sith of... Oh, no, Kiadi Mundi says it or something, uh, where he says uh, the Sith have been extinct for a millennia, right? So, like, a thousand years have gone by and, like, the galaxy's been at peace, right? So in this time of peace, like, what does that galaxy look like for the Jedi? And and we're finally getting some stories in there. Um, there hasn't actually been a whole lot of stories in that timeline uh, in the expanded universe either. Like most of the stories in the expanded universe that take place in the galaxy before the Phantom Menace, they take place like thousands of years before the Phantom Menace. Mm. So like this is kind of an, a unique, interesting area or era of, of like storytelling because... 
you know, we're, we're seeing literally the Jedi in their prime. Like, um, you know, when you, I, I think like the ideal Jedi is kind of like Qui-Gon Jinn, you know, like he kind of reminds me of like the Jedi of old, like, you know, yeah. the kind of Jedi that is all about trusting the force, all about like, you know, uh, center of mind and, and like, uh, always just calm and peaceful and gentle and, and truly just like, uh, you know, like a, like a peacekeeping person, right? And um, wise, uh, not afraid to get his hands dirty, bit of a bit of an explorer. You know, we saw Qui Gon with like the poncho and going undercover on on Tatooine there, and uh, you know, a good negotiator, which is part of the job. You know, dealing with, with the gun games, decent with a lightsaber for sure. Fights yeah. fights very elegantly, right? <clears throat> yeah. Like Qui Gon Jinn for me is kind of like the ideal picturesque jedi of like what they used to look like before the clone war and and like before kind of like things went to crap basically yeah with the whole trade dispute on naboo and then the the downfall of of like the republic essentially when they send the jedi as peacekeepers into a war effort to become generals like that's a huge fail right there like big fail like the entire prequel trilogy is the downfall of the jedi like downfall of the Republic. Yeah. So like these are the first true stories that we are getting that don't involve the Sith and don't involve like a failed Jedi order. Like this is the High Republic, you know, a time of peace and the golden age basically. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty stoked. Um, now you don't really read most of the comics or books or anything like not, that. Not a whole lot. I'll no. probably have to fill you out. Yeah. <laughs> fill you in on that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there was something else um, that we kind of talked about uh, before we wrap up is uh, the Colin Trevorrow episode nine script. Oh, yeah. So now you you haven't really read a whole lot of the plot points and I don't want to like do it here because there's an episode for that and 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 all that. But um, in a rundown, just like because you saw the concept artwork that I showed you. Yep. Like what like visually, like how do you compare this to the Rise of Skywalker? I I, I'll say it again, like you know with those just those few images that we saw online like that concept art just visually trying to picture this in a cinematic form watching the movie i would say that if that was the episode nine we got man it would be way better than what we got like way better like for me that would have been it i don't know because we never unfortunately we never got to see it but having said that it could have been a huge redemption movie in this final trilogy uh because you know everyone knows how i feel about episode seven and eight um horrible pieces of garbage that should have never been filmed but uh but uh pretty strong opinion there (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah but um i think if we got that knowing with how episode seven went about and how episode eight went about i think that with that plot it would perhaps not be like it it would definitely be better than what we got and it would have definitely some redemption now whether it would be like holy like this just you know this completes the story so well i don't know because we sadly never saw it however I do strongly think that if that's the script that they stuck with, 
it would it would clearly put in my mind episode nine as the best from what we got from disney yeah like hands yeah. down like if that's this if that was the script it's, it's also a con- that movie would cons- be it. consistency thing is like also yeah. key because like as a trilogy the sequels don't work very well as a trilogy but but like it, when you get a movie that's specifically designed as a sequel to episode eight it relevance like relevancy wise like it kind of makes the last two films even though you don't like them too much it might bring more for you like if you were like you going into that trilogy ending off that way it might be a lot more um kind of interesting to see it all come together in a real close kind of thing right yeah it probably would have tied things up a little bit better uh yeah but like probably wouldn't wouldn't have done all the justice that that was robbed from us but uh, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like that, uh, that script had potential and I think it could have been pretty decent, but yeah, like I, I think that we were robbed on that one, but um, interesting to see for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Just, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, any last, any last things before we hit the yellow line there? No, I think, I think that's it for me. Uh, thanks again guys for tuning in stay tuned for the next one alright thanks man for coming back on Star Wars Escape Pod we're gonna catch up with you next time when we watch some more Clone Wars Uh, that'll be with part 8 as soon as we get around to doing a Clone Wars talk part 8 that'll be be cool to bash out when we can of course uh, with Clone Wars now in it's final season officially now called season 7 coming out on Disney Plus, every week, every Friday, in fact, new episode. We're uh, two episodes into the new season, uh, 10 left to go. And so far, it's awesome. Uh, I, I did watch the proxy episodes back when they did come out with the Blu-ray, I believe it was, on U- YouTube. They're on online. You can still find them. There's some minor differences, but uh, cool to see the stories finally finished, fully animated. All the effects and music and everything are there. So that's super cool to see. And if you have not subscribed to Disney+, Plus go and do that because then you can watch Clone Wars so uh, other than that this High Republic stuff it's a clean slate for storytelling and uh, I want to know what you guys have to think about it so send us an email at theescapepod at outlook.com and uh, our Twitter is SWEscapePodcast that's SWEscapePodcast oh and our email is theescapepod at outlook.com so uh, shoot us uh, a tweet or uh, an email uh, with a voice recording and just let us know what you think. Question of the week here is uh, what do you want most from content in the High Republic era? So let's see if we get any feedback for that. May the force be with you guys.